Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everybody. It's a Wednesday, I think. These weeks get really weird around the holidays. (laughs) You can't even remember what night of the week it is. It is Wednesday. And uh, we're coming to you here, getting ready to talk about a whole bunch of fun stuff on the podcast tonight. Uh, Tom, you want to give us a rundown of what's on the agenda tonight? Yeah, we're going to continue Bowl Mania with the picks of the remaining bowl games happening. We're going to preview a couple of our, the last couple NBA divisions, the Pacific and Northwest. We're going to give you our NBA Finals predictions and a bold take on something from the NBA for the season. Our Hammer Takes brings us to NFL coaches on the hot seat, which is always fun to talk about. And then, of course, we're going to close the show with NFL playoff scenarios, some big games in the NFL this week, and our picks in the, of the week for those games. All right. So let's first talk about how we did last week. How did we do, Tom? So NFL, we were a combined two and four. And I say combined because I went over three. And both of our money line shots came up short. So, But Kevin had a nice week, two and one. Our consensus pick, the Rams did not really show up almost. Yeah. And They've been, been flat, and now they're in big trouble. Not a good performance, and yeah, they've got a lot of issues this week ahead. Um, also, our bowl mania selections, eight and four. Eight and four right now. 60, with... 67%. And uh, we gave out Oklahoma on the podcast last week. And they're up 18. They're up, yeah. So 31-13 as we approach halftime here. So Chance to get to like... nine and four. It's pretty respectable. Yeah, I would say. And uh, we're going to try to keep that hot streak going here and jump right in with our bowl mania part two. Yeah, we're going to start with Thursday's games. Kevin's got a, a slate of them for you, starting with Tulsa versus Mississippi State. Yeah, and that's, uh, I believe, a noon kick. A nooner. And uh, my play is not on a side in this game, but on the total, rather. And I'm going to play Tulsa-Mississippi State under 45. We have two teams that hang their hat on defense. Zaven Collins did opt out for Tulsa, and he was their best player on defense. Uh, but I still have confidence that their their defense is strong enough uh, to continue the momentum that they've had throughout the course of the year. Tulsa's been very successful against some really good passing teams this year, and Mississippi State throws the ball on more than 75% of their plays. To me, this just screams under the, the entire game. I don't know how Mississippi State is going to score more than, you know, maybe, I don't know, 17. The total is at 45 so under 45 feels good to me. Uh, Mississippi State's done a good job, too, defensively this year. So um, just feels like this game is going to go under. Next in the Arizona Ball, Bowl, Ball State and San Jose State. That's a 2 o'clock kick on CBS, actually, tomorrow afternoon. We all know that I love me some action. We all know that I'm a big fan of the Mac. Um but, unfortunately, I'm going to pick against the MAC here. And I'm going to take San Jose State minus 10. San Jose State comes in undefeated. Uh, they've beat two teams that have already won their bowl games this season. To me, that suggests that the Mountain West might have been slightly underrated going into bowl season. Not only did those teams win, they both covered. So, 
You've got a couple of teams that were, were not expected to win their bowl games coming out of the Mountain West and succeeded, succeeding, and San Jose State has beaten both of those teams by double digits. Um, San Jose State protects the passer very well, and Ball State struggles against the pass. That tells me that Nick Starkle is going to spend all day back there in the pocket just finding his open receivers. Ten is a lot of points in a game like this, sure. but I think San Jose State is poised to have a monster game here. Yeah, and if you haven't seen San Jose State play this year, obviously they play on the West Coast a lot of games, not on your normal broadcast television, uh, definitely make a point to watch this game on CBS. I think it's kind of good for them to have this kind of national audience a lot of good stuff out of that program this year. No doubt. And with Brent Brennan staying in town, not taking another job elsewhere, I think this team's going to be juiced up. So uh, I love San Jose State in this spot. And the 4 o'clock, the Liberty Bowl, West Virginia versus Army. Beautiful feel-good story of Army getting a bowl game after first being snubbed, um, stepping in here uh, with Tennessee being uh, unable to play, and West Virginia saying, come on, let's play. And I think that's a product of Neil Brown's attitude at West Virginia, and he's going to do some great things with that program. I think, unfortunately, that feel-good story is dragging this line down for Army. This game started, it was over 7 before. It's down to West Virginia minus 6.5. I'm going to be on West Virginia minus 6.5 here. West Virginia is top 30 against the run in the nation, and Army runs the ball on 90% of their snaps. West Virginia has now had 11 days to prepare for this game prior to it. So they're going to be well keyed in on the option attack of Army. Um, Army this season, so they haven't seen any talented passing teams. Um, Cincinnati maybe, but you know Desmond Ritter's okay. Um, I like Jarrett Deggie better than, than Desmond Ritter. Uh, West Virginia's got plenty of good athletes on the outside. Um, you know... Army played a very soft schedule that was dominated by run-first and option teams. I feel like as nice of a story as it is for Army to get a bowl game, I like West Virginia here, minus the 6.5. Before we start our New Year's Day bowl picks, a bit of breaking sports news. Israel Adesanya has agreed to a fight with Jan Blachowicz for Jan's light heavyweight championship. Israel trying to become a two-division champ. Wow. Fight it set for March 6th. Wow, that'll be a great fight. Should be very interesting and... Interesting to see if Adesanya can handle that much of a weight jump, you know? Yeah. Blahovitz is a... He, I mean, he's a... He's a, a big yeah. bruiser, you know? And yeah, he's not a small 205 for can, sure. Can Adesanya pick his way through that fight without yep. catching a big one from a big guy like Blahovitz? So, uh, that's very interesting news there. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to get started with some of our uh, our January 1st games. I have the Peach Bowl first. We have the noon, noon start, Georgia versus Cincinnati. Uh, first off, this game is very interesting. I know I was talking to Kevin about it before. You, you, it's kind of tough to tell what, what to expect from these two teams. You have two teams that looked very good this season. Obviously, Cincinnati's undefeated. I feel like they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, trying to show everyone that they can hang with the big guys. Um, Georgia's favored in this, again, even though Cincinnati's undefeated, so I think that's going to stick to the crowd. But I think when you look at it, Georgia's just played the much better schedule. Cincinnati's big wins are SMU and Tulsa. Um, They barely got by Tulsa, and they they took care of SMU, though. 
you know, Georgia's played everyone. They've played Alabama, they've played Florida, um, they've played Auburn, Missouri. So a lot of really good games under their belt. Uh, their only two losses are to Alabama, Florida. So Georgia has the 14th best defense in the nation while playing this SEC schedule. Give me Georgia minus the seven. I think strength of schedule just shows how much better they are. I think this is one where Cincinnati comes out excited, tries to hang, and just it can't do it down the stretch. And by the way, JT Daniels has been really good for Georgia since he took over at quarterback. So you just you look at the type of players that Georgia's going to have amongst up in their defensive front. Tulsa's defensive front gave Cincinnati fits. I can't imagine the trouble they're going to have with these kids from <laughs> yeah. Georgia. Um, Georgia has some opt-outs, but I think this team's still going to be motivated to say, hey, you know what, if we, maybe if JT Daniels was playing earlier in the year and we had some of these other guys back and healthy, we could have been playing in that SEC championship game against Alabama. Yeah, so this is a, I, I like your, your decision here, Tom. Well, thank you. What do you got next? Next, what is the name of this bowl game? The Citrus Bowl with your Auburn Tigers. Taking on the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, so I think this is a similar conversation for me, honestly. I think you have two teams. Uh, Auburn's obviously played the SEC, the best of the best, with games against Alabama and Texas A&M and Georgia earlier in the season. Um, and then you have Northwestern, who at 6-2 and two had a good run, but they lost to Ohio State. This is a team that actually lost to Michigan State. Michigan State's not exactly very good. So... Give me the points. Uh, you have Northwestern, the 102nd best offense in college football. Not very good. When I see somebody whose offense is that bad, I want the points. Let me let me get the team to hang around on the field goal. We'll see if it moves any, but three and a half, I get the field goal plus the hook. Give me the points. The only question for me is the motivation of Auburn here in this situation. I'm not real confident that they're going to come out with a ton of energy, uh, being that Kevin Steele is leading the the team into battle here and uh Steele is the guy a lot of people wanted to get that job in Auburn instead they went with Brian Harson from Boise State so it'll be interesting to kind of see the dynamic if they come out this is a great live bet opportunity if if Auburn comes out and they look juiced and excited you may want to jump on them if they get out to you know they score seven points and they're up early they, they're much more talented than Northwestern is so if they get an early lead it could be a long long day for the, the Wildcats um, so I, I would keep an eye on that and kind of see how the game starts and look for your live betting opportunities. All right. Then we have I have the um, displeasure of talking about the Rose Bowl. My Notre Dame Fighting Irish playing Alabama. Uh, as I'm taking a look at this, one thing that stands out to me is you have Alabama's passing offense, which is the fifth best in the nation, Versus Notre Dame, who's the has a very solid defense by all accounts, but the 57th passing defense in the country. I'm taking Bama minus the 20. My only real concern in life is a backdoor cover. You know, they're up 23. Notre Dame scores a garbage touchdown to cut it to 16. I, I really think Alabama will be in position to close it out up by at least the 20. It's just, is Notre Dame going to screw you over with that backdoor cover on this one? Yeah, tough game to pick for me. I don't. I don't like a point spread that big exactly. in this big of a game. You know, it's, it's almost 
it's borderline unheard of to have this type of spread in a playoff game or BCS type game, you know. Notre Dame is 0-2 in BCS games, and they've lost by tw- over 20 in both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's and the other team covered double digit spreads in both of them as well. Yeah, the biggest the, the biggest concern for me is Alabama's uh, propensity to give up a bunch of points. Yeah, um, you know, defensively they've had some some moments this year where they gave up a lot, uh, including forty seven last in the SEC championship game. So, you know that that's the only reason that I'd be afraid of the twenty. But I think the right side really is Alabama here when you look at the overall talent of the yeah. two teams. Um, I have Ohio State Clemson. Uh, so that's what the or, the sugar bowl. The sugar bowl, yeah. Um, looking at this, this was a hard game for me to pick. I don't know if I'll bet it uh, based on what I'm telling you now. <laughs> uh, I may just have a small bet on it just for the sake of interest. But Clemson has laid waste to all but two opponents. Those two opponents were Boston College and Notre Dame. Those were the two games that Trevor Lawrence missed with COVID with the COVID issue. Um, Although Clemson had a lot of success offensively in those games, I'm not sure if maybe those teams just had a little extra juice in those games because they thought, oh, we're playing Clemson without Lawrence. Gave that team just enough motivation to think, hey, we can beat these guys. They don't have their superstar. This consensus number one. Maybe that just had a little mental edge on them, you know? And I'm not sure if that's the case, but when you look back at the rest of the season... They banged up every other team that they played, though it wasn't a, exactly a a brutal schedule by any stretch. They beat up the rest of the ACC really bad. Here are some of the things that I looked at, though. Clemson allows 2.9 yards per carry and gets after the passer a ton with a sack rate greater than 11%. Ohio State runs the ball much more than you might think, but also gives up a lot of sacks. Greater than 9% of their snaps, they get sacked. That combination to me is very bad for Ohio State. That means Fields could be under a lot of duress in this game and make some mistakes. Because of that, because of those factors, I'm going to go with Clemson minus the 7.5 that I see them at currently. And Clemson only really struggled with the Catholic school, so they should be all right. Yeah. (laughs) And then next up... North Carolina State versus Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Bowl. Yeah, another game that I find to be super tight when I look at it, and I think the line is about right. Um, I'm going to take NC State plus the 2.5. Kentucky runs the ball at a high clip, and NC State does all right against the run. NC State's primarily a passing team, and Kentucky gets very little pressure on the quarterback. In a game that I see is super close, I'm just going to go with the 2.5 points in NC State here. I think that maybe they can do enough offensively, and Kentucky tends to play lower-scoring games. Um, Yeah, I I just think that the big tipping point for me was the fact that Kentucky doesn't get a lot of pressure on the passer at all, Um, and that'll give the NC State quarterback an opportunity to sit back there, take his time, pick apart the defense, make enough plays to keep him in the game, and then I'm going to take the 2.5. Probably a no-bet for me, but... But that's, that's the side that I would lean towards. Next, we have Mississippi versus Indiana in the Outback Bowl. And here's one that I actually like. Um, I'm going to take Mississippi plus the 8.5, and, and here's why. Ole Miss plays shootouts. They're great on the offensive side of the ball, and they're horrible defensively. 
I think they can score enough. No team has really been able to slow them down. And without Penix, I don't think Indiana can get enough margin against a battle-tested Ole Miss team that's getting 8.5 here. Give me the SEC team catching 8.5 that scores a ton of points here. It's a very rudimentary handicap for me here, but I think that based on that stuff, I think Indiana will score some points because everybody scores against Ole Miss, but I don't know how they can stop an SEC offense like Ole Miss that has really good balance. They can run it and they can throw it, uh, but they throw it exceptionally well. So, yeah, give me give me uh, the Rebs here. I'll yeah, they're, they're, uh, Mississippi's got fun offense to watch. Uh, Kraft, 14 picks. That's a little surprising. In yeah. Game. They're a, just wild, man. Yeah, they're, they are wild. They're wild. They're, they're crazy to watch. They're, they're, it's a fun watch if you don't mind four-hour four and 15-minute games because they throw the ball. 700. Yeah. yeah. But they, I think they average like 560 yards a game on offense and average giving up like 535 yards a game on defense. Almost exactly. 562.4 on offense, 535.7 on defense. It's insane. I mean, the, the, their games are insane. They average nearly 1,100 yards a game yeah. in offense uh, for, you know, combined. combined so yeah. that's crazy. Next, I have the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon and Iowa State. I think this game should be pretty fun. The one thing I would say is I'm not a big fan of Oregon. I, I, you know, they shouldn't have been in their championship game. They get in and they... They pull off the upset and get the win. It was the same team that lost to Cal. They let Oregon State score 41. You are a duck hater. I am a duck hater. You're a duck hater. You were hating on them before the USC game. Yeah. Now you're hating on them again for their bowl game. Iowa State's played the tougher schedule. They've been around. They've been in and out. Give me Iowa State minus the four. They're the better team. (laughs) Texas A&M versus UNC. I believe this one's the the official Orange Bowl, right? Yeah, the Orange Bowl. This game is, I was telling Kevin before this, minus the two playoff games because, you know, who's just not excited to see that? This is the game I'm probably most excited about for the weekend. I think you have two teams that are really good, two teams that have, you know, something to say left in the season as well. Their season didn't end the way they wanted it to, but both of them have something to play for here. Texas is, has the number 11 defense. Texas A&M has the number 11 defense. UNC is the number four offense. But the one thing that's confusing about that. Texas A&M's passing defense is only 55 in the country. You can get to them through the air. You can't run the ball against them. That's just fine for North Carolina. They'll throw it around. I think Howell's the better quarterback. So give me the better quarterback plus the 7.5 points. The line dips under 7 might be different. But as long as it's over 7, give me North Carolina. I think this is going to be a fun game. Absolutely. It should be a blast. I'm excited to watch this one. I'm excited to see that SEC-ACC dynamic. Um, North Carolina has tended to play in great games all year. Yeah. And Texas A&M, you know, they've been a pretty pretty darn good football team this year, and, and they felt like they maybe deserved a shot at the uh, the playoff. I mean, you can look and make the argument that based on their schedule and who they played and a, a beating, they beat Florida, um, maybe they deserve a, a shot more than Ohio State, who's only played a few games. And really right. Didn't beat anyone except yeah. Northwestern, Indiana. Yeah, it's uh, it should be a really fun game. I'm excited to watch that one, too. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a great game of the week. All right, so there you have it. Bowl Mania 2. Let's give a quick recap of the Bowl Mania 2 picks that we just gave out here. Um, Tulsa, so Mississippi. Kev has under 45. San Jose, San Jose State minus 10 against Ball State. 
West Virginia minus six and a half over Army. We have Georgia laying the seven against Cincinnati. We're picking up the three and a half points for Auburn over Northwestern. Alabama minus the 20. Watch your back door. Clemson minus seven and a half to take care of Ohio State, which I saw something scroll on the bottom line a moment ago. Clemson is 4-0 versus Ohio State. Yeah. Just throw that in there. Um, NC State plus two and a half versus Kentucky. We have Mississippi plus seven and a half versus Indiana. Iowa State minus four over Oregon. And UNC plus seven and a half over te- against Texas A&M to close out the bowl week before we get set for a crazy slate of games on Sunday. Oh, yeah. All right, Tom. Moving on. Basketball. Let's talk a little bit of NBA here. The season got underway. Uh, so we've had, you know, some games taking place already. And yeah. some interesting things have happened for sure. Uh, but we're going to preview the Pacific, Pacific and the Northwest West Divisions yeah. right now. And was I first up, Tom? You're up first with the Lakers, the defending champion, LA Lakers. Yeah, so... The Lakers, um, obviously defending champs. Now uh, their big roster moves, they had a lot of them for a team yes. that's the defending champion. Um, they got rid of JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, and Danny Green. All pretty good names, right? They added Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Gasol, and Wesley Matthews. I think those guys, it, it really feels like kind of an even exchange with what they lost Everybody kind of fills a certain role, and, um, you know, I like kind of what they've done there. I, I, I like the playmaking of Dennis Schroeder being added to the backcourt there. Um, Montrez Harrell has a certain level of toughness and pick-and-roll ability. Um, you know, Marcus Gasol can stretch the floor as a big man um, and make things difficult on teams. So, you know, a healthy Lakers squad... They're, they're going to be top three in the Western Conference, and when it gets to the playoffs, they're going to be difficult to deal with because you've got, let's let's be real here, you've got Anthony Davis and LeBron James on a team, and there is not a significant dip in LeBron James' game at all at this point in his career. He's still, still solid. He may not be the number one scorer in the league anymore and, and things like that, but he still is, you know, 25 points a game guy and, and does the right things and Super difficult to deal with when he gets ahead of steam. So, uh, yeah, he's built like a tank. Yeah, top three in the Western Conference again. There are a few teams in the West that maybe can compete with them, um, but uh, really expect them to make a deep run in the playoffs once again. Yeah, they've had a little bit of trouble here uh, off the jump. Uh, I think maybe they're working out some of uh, the kinks on some of those new players and roles. I think that'll be the big thing, you know. Um, Danny Green played a big role for them in the playoffs, and so did Rondo, actually. So getting making sure you get some of that covered up might be a, a work in progress. Yeah. All right, I got the other team from L.A., the Clippers. So they lost Montrez Harrell to the Lakers, but they have added um, Nicholas Batum, Reggie Jackson, and the big ad, Serge Ibaka. Uh, that's going to be the big one because in the playoffs, they got beat up down low. That's why they got knocked out. This team had all. That's why they lost their the boy Doc Rivers and Ty Ty Lue's there now because of it. This team got beat up down low. Well, you bring back a really good starting cast. I mean, you have Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Serge Ibaka. It's a pretty solid starting five. Guys like Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson and uh, Nicholas Batum coming off the bench. Can they hold up down low now with Serge Ibaka? 
He's big and strong. Can he stay the, healthy the whole season may be a thing. And can they deliver in the playoffs? That was the big thing. Last year, 49-23, and 23, great regular season. Fell off there at the end. Yeah. Um, should be a really interesting team to watch. Again, you know, you, you get Kawhi Leonard on a team with, you know, the rest of those guys they've got there. It's, yeah. it, they're going to be tough to deal with still. You Absolutely. Know? So, um, again, another one of those top three type of teams in the West you would expect. Uh, I have the Phoenix Suns next, right? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix, how about their undefeated bubble run when they came in there? Yeah, it was out of nowhere. Yeah, and then they had a, a couple of changes, uh, primarily uh, the change of point guard. You've got Chris Paul now and uh, replacing Ricky Rubio. Chris Paul has still got a lot of juice left, even at his age. He was awesome in the bubble, Paul was. Yeah. So now you've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Cam, those guys are three locked-in starters. That Those guys are going to be in the starting lineup. Does Aiton take the next steps forward as a monster in the middle? We'll see. I think he needs to develop maybe some a little bit of a, a little bit better touch. You know, you can't just be a uh, explosive athlete at the rim. And, you know, in, in t- the modern NBA, you need guys that yeah. can do a lot more. Uh, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric... Uh, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, all those guys will be part of the rotation there. And um, they're still missing some pieces if they want to contend with the top teams in the Western Conference. Um, but I expect them to be in the in the playoff hunt. They're going to finish between that 6 and 10 range in the Western Conference. Um, and I think there's a great chance that they make the playoffs. And they're going to be dangerous. You've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the backcourt. That's a monster backcourt to deal with. So they can give some, some teams some trouble along the way. And if Aiton's defense in the interior uh, materializes, that's going to continue to make things difficult on teams that have the presence down low or the teams that want to drive to the basket if he can be a big rim defender. So um, I, I kind of like the team. It's just a matter of whether they can get over the hump. All right. So I have the Kings of Sacramento. And this is a team whose roster construction confuses me. Um, they lost Bogdanovich and Corey Brewer, and they've added Hassan Whiteside and Glenn Robinson in the offseason. Those are the big moves. I love Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. couple of questions. What in the world is the plan here? So you, the, the starting five right now is De'Aaron Fox, very good. Buddy Heald, streaky. Yeah. He has, he has nights where he doesn't do much. He has nights where he can't miss. Um, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and then Richard Holmes, or Rashawn Holmes. They're going to bring in Whiteside off the bench. They got the rookie Tyrese Halliburton coming in. So that's my big question with these guys. 31 and 41 last year. What seems to be the plan? Are they building around? Him? I'm just wondering if you were thinking about John Holmes Richard when you said that instead of. What did I say? You said Richard Holmes, so I think you were thinking about John Holmes and his Richard. His <laughs> Richard. <laughs> um, Richard Holmes. I just can't read my own handwriting. It's excuses, terrible. excuses. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so that, that's my big thing. Well, what's the plan? This team seems like it's going to be the same same thing. You're going to win 30 games. You're going to be all right, but you're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, I just don't see any movement that makes you think they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, um, they've gotten off to a good start, though, um, including some a really fun buzzer beater. 
<laughs> that Buddy Heald had and then ran off the floor. The whole team ran off the floor. That was really fun. Enjoyed that. I think they're gonna they're young and explosive. Dallas is about to be one and three, believe it or not. Yeah. And their one win was a fifty point pasting of the Clippers. So yeah. Figure that out. Who knows? Uh, I have the Golden State Warriors. Um, with Clay Thompson, this is a different conversation. Yes. Uh, now, their rotation looks like Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, the rookie James Wiseman, and Kelly Oubre. The, those are your key contributors on this team now. Still could do all right and hang in there this year. Uh, they need Steph Curry to stay healthy, and he's got to shoulder the load of this offense for a big period of time. Uh, James Wiseman has shown flashes, but this is just not the Warriors team of two to three years ago at all. No. Now, you know, if you can get solid contributions from guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, they'll compete for a playoff spot. They'll be near the bottom of that, you know, 7 to 10 range is kind of where I see them. Um, I don't think they'll be nearly as bad as they were last year. I think that they can compete with teams this year. Uh, particularly, just the addition of Curry changes everything. Uh, changes the way that teams have to defend you as a whole. So, you know, I I don't know how well Andrew Wiggins is going to fit there with Curry, but James Wiseman has had some really great flashes so far, and I think that he could be a huge contributor. Um, I I, I kind of like this team to to hang in around the playoff hunt late in the season. Whether or not they get there or not is another story. It could be the fourth seed if they're in the East. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to start the Northwest Division here with the Rockets of Houston. 44-28 and 28 last year. Don't be expecting the same Rockets to be coming back. We got Russell Westbrook's gone. One of my favorite players to watch last year, Robert Covington's gone. They've added John Wall to Marcus Cousins, but I do not think that's going to mask everything. I think with John Wall, you have some of the similar problems you had with Westbrook and Harden. You have two guys who need or want the ball at all times in their hands to create. And you lose the energy and defense and rebounding rebounding of Covington. And he had DeMarcus Cousins. Energy's not exactly what he's known for. Uh, comes in bursts with him. Goes away in bursts with him. So I think this team's not as good as it was last year. I don't see... Off to a good start thus far, but... Oh, and two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, had one game postponed, lost the other two. Uh, will James Harden stay out of strip clubs? Will he stay in Houston? It seems to be a question mark. Still, still. scoring 39 points a game, though. Yeah, he does what he does. Um, so it's, it's a really weird team. I just I can't imagine them having the same kind of record as last year. All, jo- all jokes aside, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. This is still a talented team. They'll be the five or six or seven seed in the West. I just don't see them making much noise. But on any given night, Harden and Wall can put up enough points to win some games. Yeah. I'm on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Uh, they're starting the season without Porzingis. His absence is going to be short-lived, though. He should be returning in January. Um, I know that he had he had done some practicing already. Um, if they can stay healthy, this team has a really nice group, man. I, I, I like what they've got going on there, um, You know, including some of their bench guys. Um, the addition of Josh Richardson, um, they got rid of Seth Curry, um, but you've got, you know, Porzingis, you've got Maxi Kleba, who's who's done a nice job for that team, you've got, obviously, Luka, it's, 
a pretty good, pretty talented team. Tim Hardaway Jr. is he does his thing. He's not a superstar, but he's he certainly has some skills that are valuable to a team like this uh, that they need. So I expect this team to contend, and I think they can finish in the top four in the West and challenge anyone on a good night. Luka Doncic is he's really a guy that could be a transcendent superstar in this league. Yeah. His skill set, his ability to pass the ball, rebound, shoot the ball, everything that he can do is incredible. And um, I'm looking forward to watching this team grow this year. I really hope that Porzingis and Doncic can say, can both stay healthy. Yeah, no, I, I think they're fun to watch as well. Um, next I have a team that is really interesting to me. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Jay Morant's crazy to watch. John Morant, yeah. yeah crazy to watch. Um, Out. For an extended for period of time now, now yeah. Um, Valanciunas, solid. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. last year, under the radar, really, really good. 17.4 points a game for him. Um, Justice Winslow, is uh, he's had some flashes. I like his physicalness down low. So you have some interesting pieces to watch. A lot of guys that are young. This team has 14 players who are 25 or under on it right now. Last year, 34 and 49. Can they put enough wins up to make uh, some noise and get into the playoffs? I don't know. The West is tough. Yeah. And I really think that will keep them out just because the West is so tough. But this team is fun to watch. When Morant's out there, he is crazy. And, uh, again, 14 of them, 25 and under. Fun team to kind of watch and see what will get going down the future here and uh, i have the san antonio spurs yeah um the spurs due to salary cap constraints they're they're running it back with largely the same squad as last season um greg popovich he always finds a way to make his teams competitive um they've got to rely heavily on demar Derozan and lamarcus aldridge as their primary threats on offense um but they do have some complementary pieces that are that are not bad um They'll find a way to grind into the bottom half of the West playoff bracket, though, because that's what they do. He always finds a way to be successful. I think this is the most well-coached team in the NBA. They've oh, they they switch up styles in the bubble. They went to a four-guard look. Um, they can Popovich is creative. He's smart. Yeah. He always finds a way to be competitive with his teams, and there's just enough talent there to get into the playoffs with this team. Uh, to close out our NBA, I have the New Orleans Pelicans, which may be one of the most interesting teams to watch this year. We switched coaches going to Stan Van Gundy. Stan the man, some people may call him. Last year they were one of the fastest teams in the NBA, throwing up bombs, hitting baskets and running. And I think they, you can see in some of their additions they're changing that a little bit. They brought in Eric Bledsoe, they brought in Steven Adams, uh, get a little more stout down low and maybe a little more careful with the ball. So you have a very good-seeming starting five. Lots going to be on Lonzo Ball. So you have Lonzo Ball at point, Eric Bledsoe, shooting guard, Brandon Ingram, of course, Zion, and then Steven Adams bringing in some uh, defense and rebounding at the five. J.J. Redick and Josh Hart off the bench. I mean, definitely some, some people who can play. Can they make it work? How good can they be? I think this is another team that has the potential to get to the 8-7-6 seed in the NBA depending on Lonzo, what can he do, and how much Zion can stay healthy. Because I think this team, when you saw him, saw them with him, pretty good. Yeah. This will be a lot of fun to watch. But 
young team again. Two big, two of their bigger players are super young. Should be interesting to see how they develop. All right, now bold predictions for the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'll I'll jump right in with mine. Trey Young will lead the Atlanta Hawks to the playoffs, and they will win a playoff series this year with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you've got Trey Young, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella in the starting lineup right now. And then you got guys like Kevin Herter and Danilo Gallinari on the bench. Uh, Bogdanovich is there on the bench getting some playing time. Rajon Rondo to spell Trey Young. I love Atlanta to, to not only get in the playoffs, but win a playoff series. They're off to a good start. Trey Young scoring 34 a game. There's enough talent on this team and enough weakness in the East that Atlanta has a chance to get in the playoffs and win a playoff series. All right. My bold take is the L.A. Lakers miss the conference championship. I think they're good. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be one of the higher-rated seeds. My bold take is that they've lost pieces that help them in the playoffs. Rondo, Danny Green, these are tried and true veterans with playoff experience. Danny Green's, you know, he's the, he's the new Bruce Bowen, you know. He's going to knock yeah. down those threes and play defense and just be in, on championship teams. Robert Ori-like almost. And without those guys, I think they're going to struggle in playoffs. They're not going to miss them in the regular season. They're going to make up. They're going to score. they got enough talent. But I think they missed the conference championship. All right, so you heard a couple, couple of couple of bold a couple of bold predictions there regarding the NBA. So now we have and, our finals prediction. Yeah, so NBA finals prediction. It's tough this early to to it make is. that kind of call. So I'm swinging. Yeah, I'll go first. I'm swinging. All right. I I like the Clippers. Um, I liked them last year. They blew in the playoffs, but I think they've made some. You know, Abak bringing in Serge Ibaka changing coaches, making a concerted effort to change their, that, that end result. I like them to make it. And I like the 76ers out of the East. I think the East is wide open. We're watching Milwaukee struggle. Toronto can't win a game. I think the East is wide open. I think you have a couple teams, the Sixers, Boston. Like They're going to have a real shot at it. So give me the Sixers. Yeah, I'm going to go back to an old-school matchup that we're going to see in the NBA Finals. It's going to be Lakers and Celtics. Um, I think the Lakers advance. Um, I think they have enough with the talent on their team to, to keep rolling in the in the playoffs. And uh, Jason Tatum is becoming a superstar before our eyes. And uh, I expect the Celtics team to be really difficult to deal with come playoff time. Um, so that, that, the Celtics are my favorite bet to win the title right now if, if you want get to get in on somebody. Um, I, I like the Celtics' chances of winning the NBA championship. So uh, we're going to take a quick break now. Uh, we'll step back in a few minutes here. Tom, what's coming up? Uh, we only have a couple things left. We have coaches on the hot seat for the hammer takes. We got the playoff scenarios, preview big games, and then our picks of the week. All right, we'll be right back after this. Do you need help with your digital marketing? Are you looking for someone that can enhance your digital footprint? Go see our friends at lionglobal.com. Tom and his team over there do a great job at helping enhance your digital presence and building your brand. So go see our friends again at lionglobal.com and seek out any help that they can offer you. I know he's got great specials and rates going on right now. 
So I know that Tom would appreciate you giving him a call, and we would too if you'd support our sponsors. So lionglobal.com and uh, reach out to Tom and his team so that they can give you any assistance you need with your business's digital presence. We are back, and it's time to talk some NFL. Yeah. Week 17 is uh, is one of the more interesting ones that I can think of. I mean, every year you've got a few games that matter. This year there are a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll, we'll get to that in a second. There's a lot of games going on, a lot of teams still in it. That extra, that seventh team in each conference has kind of made it a little more interesting. So, uh, But first, our hammered takes on coaches on the hot seat. For those of you who do not know, Black Monday is coming up. Black Monday is the Monday after the end of the regular season where normally a few coaches meet their demise, sometimes on the plane home from, from the last game. Uh, so we're going to talk about a few guys that we have on our hot seats. Um, first, I'd like to point out, Falcons, Lions, and Texans have already fired their coaches and are in the market. So, three jobs available. we got a few more here that might be. I'm going to start off with Doug Marone. Uh, Doug Marone, 38-59 and 59 in his career. His last three years, after a great run this is in, uh, what was it, 2017 now? Great run getting to the AFC Championship game. They've gone 5-11, and 6-10, and now are 1-14. Um, I think this is the last hurrah for Doug Marone. They're going to be bringing in a new quarterback. Probably want a new coach to get it started and kind of work together here. Yeah. I can't see why they would continue with the Doug Marone era there. It's no. It has shown no real sustained success. So. Nope. Um, Adam Gase has got to be next on the list. 100% next on the list. He, I mean, they've won two in a row. If they win three in a row, would they consider it? They're pretty bad at football decision-making, so it's possible. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He, I mean, everybody he, thinks he should be long gone, but yeah, he's a lunatic. Yeah, he he seems to he's egomaniacal. Yeah, in the worst way. The, the alienation of your top players is usually not a good step to success in the NFL. Yeah, um, Vic Fangio. Yep, he's on here. I have him on there as well. Only his second season, but seven and nine his first one. They're five and ten now. Uh, the team just looks bad. I don't know how much of his fault that roster is not great, but the offense isn't good. The defense isn't good. What yeah. do they have to hang their hat on? For sure. And I don't think that he's the kind of guy that's really motivating players. You know, it's you, yeah. you can see a, a distinct difference in leaders like Sean McDermott, Brian Flores, Bill Belichick down the line. The, the guys who are, you know, even even Sean Payton. Um, there's a distinct difference in the guys who have a real good control of their locker room, um, and yep. have and have their teams ready to go. So I, Vic Fangio doesn't seem like one of those guys to me. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have on the list is Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn is uh, on his way out. 2018, they're 12 and four. Last two years, five and 11 last year. They're six and nine years this year. But one thing that stands out is these last two seasons. Out of the 20 losses, 16 are by one score. And I know a couple of them you can pin right on Anthony Lynn and some game management decisions. Um, this team has a bright future, I think. Justin Herbert's exceeded my expectations for sure. Uh, I think that, honestly, the team loves Anthony Lynn. I oh, think yeah. I, I think they're, Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's a great guy. I think that he's... Uh, 
he's great for the organization. So maybe they just hire somebody that's in charge of game management and that's that's directed by them. Isn't that what the head coach does? No, I mean, I, I, I mean, a number of these teams have somebody that tells them when to challenge plays. You know, sure. tells them when to call timeouts. Tells them when they should go for two. So if he's not making key management decisions, what are you he's, paying him two you're, and a half you're, million? Yeah, you're go? you're guiding you're guiding the offensive and defensive yeah. coordinators, and you know you're leading the team as a whole. So yeah. I mean, it's okay to delegate things, and sure. he, this is his obvious weakness. Hasn't he had three so seasons find to figure some, this out? On find his own? delegate someone then. If if you want to continue with him, if you think there's an opportunity for this team to to continue to get better with Anthony Lynn. Because sometimes pushing the reset button is not as good as continuity. But I don't think they're pushing the reset button here. I mean, I think they have their quarterback. They have a couple of really good pass rushers. This team's set to be good for a while. Maybe they just need a, a new approach to get this team to where instead of 16 losses by one score, there's six and there's 10 more wins the last two seasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an opportunity for Anthony Lynn to stick around. Um, I'm not certain that he'll be yeah. part of the the firings. I think that he's uh, on the. He's definitely. It's got to be a conversation happening there. No sure. doubt. I think something will change. I don't know if it'll be him or not. Yeah. But it, I mean, you're talking about a guy who dealt with some serious injuries on this team too. They're going to get Derwin James and Melvin Melvin Ingram back. Um, those are some serious players on that yeah. defense. And if that defense tightens up, you know the offense has a bright future. And I think that you know changing the coaching staff is a major overhaul. So, you know, despite the, the personnel remaining the same, when you change the coaching staff, a lot changes, yeah. and it can take time then. This team's ready to, to win more games and compete for a playoff position now. And hopefully, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm in Anthony Lynn's corner here. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy too. He was in Buffalo, so I got to see him up close. It was fun watching him on Hard Knocks this year. I just think that... It's a results-driven league, and when your team's trending down, something's got to change. Um, I have an interesting one on here. I'm just gonna throw it out there. What about Doug Peterson? I don't think he, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think winning a Super Bowl buys you some time. How um, much time? I mean, I think you got to give him another year with you know Jalen Hurts taking over at quarterback. You would think maybe um, they've got to add some better personnel on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Their receivers are, are not good right now. Yeah. Um, How many of those wide receivers has Peterson, Peterson, <laughs> Peterson picked out himself here? I'm not sure. You know, uh, I, I don't know how much his... of the personnel um, he's in charge of. But I, I think it's another guy that's – I would give him another year, one more year. Yeah. Um, I was going through the bottom of the league, looking at some of the worst teams. Well, Matt Nagy in in Chicago. That's one that, to me, should be on the hot seat. If they don't win this weekend and make the playoffs, some of the stuff that's happened throughout the course of the season, I'm not sure that you keep Matt Nagy around. But, again, that's a guy that probably ends up getting another opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. They're, what, 8-7? So... Even if they lose, they're eight and eight. Yeah, it should be one of those ones where it's kind of tough. I mean, they've got a lot of decisions to make in Chicago, whether they win or lose this game. What does their quarterback situation look like? Are they happy? Are they sad? Do they have any idea which they should be? <laughs> like, it's I'll, it's a week by week. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll have more on the Bears in a minute. <laughs> All right. 
Well, first, before we get to our picks, I'm going to run down some playoff scenarios. Ready? Yeah. So in the AFC, we got some interesting stuff. Tennessee can clinch the AFC South division title if they win their game or if Indianapolis loses theirs. They can clinch a playoff berth with even when losing, if Baltimore loses or Miami loses. If either one of those teams lose, even if they lose, they're in. Miami can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or an Indianapolis loss. Any of those things happen, Miami's in. I'm leaving out all this tie nonsense. There's all these crazy scenarios with ties. I'm just dis- just ignoring them altogether. Yeah. Baltimore can clinch with a win or a Cleveland loss or an Indy loss. Cleveland can clinch with a win or an Indy loss or a Tennessee loss plus a Miami win and a Baltimore win. And Indianapolis can actually clinch the AFC South if they win and Tennessee loses. And they can clinch the playoffs if they win plus Baltimore loss, Cleveland loss, or Miami loss. So, a lot of craziness happening in the AFC. You have, uh, I heard someone describe it on TV, musical chairs. You have five teams competing for four spots basically at the end here. And one of these teams who's either going to be 10 and 6 or maybe even 11 and 5 in a year where they expanded the playoffs is going to miss out. Yeah, it's it's crazy right now. Um, so many things matter on the final Sunday of the NFL season. That's not even going into the NFC stuff yet. Yeah. Um, so tell me what about the NFC, Tom. The NFC, they're still fighting over the first round bye with just Green Bay wins. It's theirs. Um, if see Green Bay loses and Seattle wins and New Orleans wins, then New Orleans can have it. Seattle can still get the bye if they win and Green Bay and New Orleans lost. Seattle would have the first round bye, which would be nuts from where they were a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, the Washington football team can clinch the division title with a win or Dallas loss. Uh, the Los Angeles can clinch a playoff berth. The Rams, can, if they win, they're in. Or if the Bears lose, they're in still somehow. Chicago can clinch a playoff berth with a win or an Arizona loss. Arizona can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Chicago loss. And Dallas can clinch the NFC East with a win plus a Washington loss. The Giants can clinch the East Division with a win and a Washington loss. There's a lot going on in there as well. So many scenarios that can play out. I can't wait until Sunday night when we're settling in to watch that Redskins-Eagles game after all this stuff is shaken out except that NFC East. Yeah. So the winner of the Dallas Giants game knows if they win... They are the biggest Eagles fans around. They are fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. Giants fans are going to be rooting for the Eagles and hoping their ancestors don't see it. Yeah. Um, so it, it could, it'll be a lot of fun to see how that happens. And you know, I, I was telling Kevin this, I saw heard someone saying, oh, this team's going to win. You know, this team's they suck, they're going to lose. So chalk up easy wins for these teams. Teams that have had bad seasons live for this weekend. You're playing a division foe. If you're someone like Houston and you have a chance to knock Tennessee out of the playoffs, are you kidding me? That becomes your Super Bowl. Your whole end of your season, you can leave the you can clean out your locker tomorrow in peace knowing that you've knocked out a division rival from the playoffs. And it happens every year. Yeah. 
It's crazy. No, you cannot assume any victories in these games. Yeah, and that's why some of the big point spreads could be interesting for those. Yeah, for some of those matchups. So um, uh, let's run through some of these big uh, games that matter a lot. Yeah, I mean, in the AFC, you have the the big ones. Uh, Miami's at Buffalo. Uh, Coach McDermott's playing coy about who he's going to play and how long they're going to play. Baltimore's at Cincinnati. Um, Pittsburgh is at Cleveland. Pittsburgh's basically saying. Big Ben's out, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll see how many. We're going to rest. We're yeah. resting our guys. We're getting ready for the playoffs. We're giving ourselves We're our own. Two bet. or three, we don't care. Yeah. And then you have Tennessee's at Houston, like I mentioned. I think that's, you know, it's an interesting game. Jacksonville's at Indy, so they seemingly have an easier uh, game there at home against a 1 and 14 Jaguars team. So those are the AFC games. That are kind of going to come down to this. And the NFC has fewer games, but more at stake almost. You have that Dallas Giants game where the winners watch in Washington Sunday night football. New Orleans at Carolina, again with a chance to get the bye. You have Arizona versus the Rams, which is going to be a huge game. Both of those teams trying to make it. Seattle, still a chance for the bye. And Green Bay, Chicago. Green Bay's trying to clinch the bye. Chicago's trying to make the playoffs. I mean, it could be a lot of fun watching these games. And then we close out the night with seeing, finding out if Chase Young can will that Washington defense to a division title. And a lot depends on quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, we got questions at quarterback at Washington. We got questions in the Arizona Rams game. Rams have already ruled Goff out. Murray seemingly going to play. Let me ask you something. What do you think a team like, let's say Dallas wins the game against the Giants? Mm-hmm. And uh, that game ends at four thirty, right? That mm-hmm. that was that's a one o'clock start. Yeah, game ends at four thirty. The Redskins game starts at eight fifteen. Yeah. Um, do they go get on a plane at six o'clock, fly back to Dallas, land at you know nine thirty, watch it, jump off other. the plane, sit there and watch the game together, Either or do them. they do they stay in New York, watch the game? See whether they have cause for celebration, and then party on the plane back to Dallas if they happen to if it goes their way. I think you get home. Yeah, go watch it at home because you know you're going to see the whole second half probably yeah. based on the the flight times. I'm guessing probably yeah, three and a half that? hours from three three and a half hours from New York to Dallas. They can tell they got enough money. They can tell the pilot to punch it too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Here's the thing: if you stay in New York and Washington wins the game, that's a somber flight home. After a victory. Yeah. So I think if you win the game, get on that damn plane, celebrate on your way home, touchdown. You can't really party. You can't yeah. you can't be that close together. Yeah. You, you think, can't you gotta be sitting every couple of seats apart. You think Jerry Jones, if the Cowboys win is on the horn with Jalen Hurts, like, come on, big dog, we both are Oklahoma guys. Let's get this done tonight. Let's go, baby. Let's finish this off. Put us in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, I I think it'll be a lot of fun to see. I I hope they have a camera somewhere where we can see their reactions. Right, it'd be a lot much of much like the Bills when the Ravens were beat by the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years back, and Andy Dalton got all the money from the Bills fans. Yeah, like that. That was one of the craziest things watching the Bills players react to that and how excited they could be. I mean, you're about to you got a chance to win a division crown. It's definitely not something these guys take lightly. So yeah, what a fun Sunday coming up. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, the best week of football. Yeah. You got college football playoffs. You got the end of the regular season. Next week, you have the start of 
uh, NFL postseason and the college football championship game. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the best time of the year. It's wild. Let's, let's do some picks. All right. Wrap up the podcast with some picks, Tom. Oh, yeah. All right. Want me to jump in first with my first pick of the yeah, week? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears, plus five and a half against Green Bay. Yes, Green Bay has something to play for. Chicago has a lot more on the line than Green Bay does. I love what the Bears have been doing lately. They've they've scored over 30 points in three straight games. Uh, they've seemed to put things together a little bit. I think they've been a little more creative offensively, and they've found a running game again. David Montgomery looks like the running back you were supposed to get now that he's getting the ball. So I think that they've found an identity. They've started to move the ball. Mitch Trubisky's been playing better football. The defense is still tough. Give me the Bears at home to hang tough, potentially win the game outright against the Packers, but I'll take the 5.5 and, and the Chicago Bears. Yeah. 5.5 at home is a pretty good game. I can't wait to see what the weather's going to be like up there. I hope it's a snowy mess. Just something fun watching Bears, Packers in a mess, right? Right. I'm going to go with a team that has something to play for against a team that has nothing to play for with Seattle minus 6 at San Francisco. San Francisco's had one hell of a season. Just so many injuries. I know they're going to come out and give it their best effort to try to, you know. And this is one of those things. The, do, the Niners can't knock Seattle out of the playoffs. They're in. So you don't have that really going for you. How excited can you get to keep them from getting a bye week, right? So give me Seattle minus the six. Seattle really wants to get that bye, really wants to keep ahead. And, uh, yeah, I, I think like that. And then my next one I'm going to go with, and this one, bet tonight, if humanly possible. Rams against Arizona. I'm taking the Cardinals minus the three. Rams quarterback, Goff, he's out. Murray tweeted today that he's going to play. Um, the line has not moved yet. It's still cards minus three. I think it's going to move. I think it's going to go. I think we might get to cards minus six by the time kickoff starts. So if you're into this line, bet it now. Before Murray's at listed as active, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna move quickly. So uh, my next pick, I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, shop this line because you can see it at one and a half or two and a half. Um, but at two and a half, I still like the Cowboys. Um, I think that their offense has found something. Andy Dalton's getting comfortable with the receivers and vice versa. So I, I think that you finally see a team that's playing the offense that they're capable of playing. And I expect them to be very difficult for a Giants team to deal with. Uh, the Giants shellacked them uh, four or five weeks ago um, when I think Ben DiNucci was playing quarterback. Who knows? I mean, it was the quarterback situation was a mess. But Andy Dalton's a huge upgrade. Uh, this is gonna. This is a different Cowboys team. They're getting pressure yeah. on the quarterback. Um, Dallas looks more like the team that you expected at the beginning of the season than what you saw for the first 13 weeks of the season. So um, give me Dallas here in this spot, minus 2.5. Yeah, I mean, I picked Dallas a couple weeks ago, and I think it was for, for the same reasons. Since Dalton's been in there and since he's been playing game in, game out, you've seen some continuity build up. The guy can play quarterback. He's making plays. Uh, I love that pick. All right, and uh, my final pick of the week. Um, I'm actually going to go to the other NFC East game. I'm basically telling you what I think is going to happen. I think the Cowboys are going to get in the playoffs because I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the Washington football team. There's still some question marks about who's going to play quarterback for Washington. Is it going to be Alex Smith? If it is, I give them a much better chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if it's not Alex Smith, if it's Taylor Heineke, 
I don't see a way, a path for the Redskins to get the win. With Antonio Gibson's injury, and then you have to put Taylor Heineke in at quarterback. I just can't see it. I'm betting on that happening, that being the outcome, or a very limited version of Alex Smith who's stationary because he's at 70% with his calf injury. So regardless of the outcome, even if Smith starts, I'm still going to be on the Eagles here. They're like plus one and a half right now. I would take them on the money line too. Um, I just think Philadelphia, they want to spoil it for whoever they're playing against, Um, and they're going to spoil it for the Redskins. Uh, so my last pick is uh, I'm going to take a Baltimore minus 13. 13 against the Bengals. 13 is a lot of points. It's more than I like to, you know, lay in an NFL game. They've played each other already. Baltimore really put it to them, winning 27-3. to Baltimore has to win to get in. I know the Bengals are going to try, but I, Baltimore's so much better than them. They're going to pound the run. They're just Baltimore minus 13. I don't think I really need to say much else. Yeah. Uh, Money line pick. So I got an interesting money line gamble here. Uh, I'm going to take a stab at this one. Let me, I'm just trying to double check the line, make sure I got it right. So Tampa Bay has their playoff spot locked up. They got a lot of veteran guys and Brady and Gronk and some really talented wideouts. They're also doing the coy thing, you know, not really saying who's starting, who's not. But I'm picking them to sit some of these guys, even if some of them play. I don't think they're going to play the whole game. So give me Atlanta plus 240 at Tampa Bay. I think this is going to be one of those ones where Tampa Bay gets their guys out of there, gets ready for playoff game, and Atlanta wins a meaningless game. All right. I am, plus uh, 240. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I think there's a good opportunity for that to happen. Um, I'm on uh, the New York football Jets at plus 155 against the New England Patriots. The Jets are playing their best football of the season. Yeah, they really are. You've got Sam Darnold trying to prove himself to continue with that job every day that he steps on the field. Um, You've got a team that's playing... Listen, they've been playing good teams, really, you know, but they they had the Raiders on the ropes and gave it away. They beat the Rams. They beat the Rams. They're pretty salty. They beat the Browns, who had some injuries, um, or COVID issues, rather. Yeah. but still, that's the Browns handing the ball off to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That That's not nothing. They still had Baker. That's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and, and take the Jets playing against a, a Patriots team that I think has given up. I'm th- not sure if is, did he has Belichick announced who's starting yet. No, and if it's Stidham, I like it even more. If it's Stidham, exactly. Um, it, with Cam Newton, I think there's that added dimension of the power run, but I think the Jets played them tough earlier this year. Yeah. I think the Jets are going to beat them. They're, I don't think the Patriots were good. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jets had them on the ropes earlier this season and let them off the hook. Now, I, I think the Jets get their win. I think they go to Foxborough and get a win here at plus 155. Consensus time, Kev. Yeah. Our consensus pick of the week is going to be the L.A. Chargers. We have it right now as minus four. We're going to keep an eye on that line, see if it changes at all. But with the Chargers minus four, playing at Kansas City, Kansas City is just resting everyone. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure I want Mahomes at the stadium if I'm Kansas City. Yeah. Boxer from home. Yeah. Um, so they're they're resting everyone. They've kind of already said that. And, uh, you know, Anthony Lynn, like you talked about, 
you know, he's a guy on the bubble. He wants this win. He's going to do what he can. And this Chargers team can play. And it's not just about Anthony Lynn wanting it. It's about the team loving Anthony yeah, Lynn exactly, and exactly. being behind him. I think they're going to give a an all-in effort. If this line climbed anywhere, it could climb as high as 6.5, and, and I'd still be on it. Um, it's a team that's won three in a row, by the way. Three in a row. A Chiefs team that, that totally does not care what the outcome of this game is. They just want to stay healthy and get through it and be prepared for the playoffs. So the Chargers might win this game by 14. They might win it by 20 uh, because it's going to be completely meaningless, the outcome of this game. I don't think Chris Jones will touch the field. I don't think Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Honey Badger ain't playing. You know, they've got the injury with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You may not even see. Oh, yeah. Shady might not you, even You play. may not even see Shady. Yeah. This might be really watered down. Oh, yeah, no, it's no, not no. there anymore. That was yeah. last year. Yeah, Le'Veon um, Bell. Le'Veon Bell. I get it. Insert the same one style of running back. <laughs> one, one old vet for another yeah. here. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon Bell may not play. You might have, you know, a bunch of, like, Kelsey's not deep, play. deep depth, chart, depth chart guys. So, um, to me, I, I, I really like this play. I, I can't say it enough. If you can get it now, get it. Some books don't have it on the board right now. Others do. Shop around. Find the books that do. And lay a big bet on it. All right. That'll be a wrap, right, Tom? That is a wrap. What do we got next week? I mean, do you have to ask? Next week's the big one. We're going to be talking national championship preview, NFL playoff preview, and our picks for NFL offensive and defensive rookie of the year. All right. Nice, fun show next week. Not really much as far as bowl games left. So the last college game of the year, that's all we've got to talk about next week. But six wild card games in the busiest wild card weekend ever. And then two weeks down the road, we'll get started maybe with a little prospect talk, Tom. Yeah, it's almost there. We're getting there. It's that time. So um, we'll get back with you next week. Um, Good luck on all the picks this weekend. There's tons of football to bet on. And a lot of good gambling opportunities out there. If you want to follow us again, um, at Hammered underscore Sports, we're, we're putting out some picks from time to time on game day based on changes that we see. So um, check it out, and uh, hopefully we can come out on top here, uh, continue our role in, in the college bowl games. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. See ya.